So we developed the foundation. We spoke about Rav Hirsch's understanding of Sittitz as a foundational idea, but foundational in a, a quite an important way because it validates so much that we understand about the Torah and our relationship with Hashem. Even the name Hashem, I mean, it's the phrase we use to refer to God, but it really grounds the fact that we don't have a tangible thing to point to when we talk about God. It's where you see Rav Hirsch's theological leanings come out. The idea of Hashem for us is invisible. It's not a tangible object that can be pointed to in any way, shape, or form. And our knowledge of this concept, this something akin to a personality, is historical. What I mean by historical, the basis for a Jew's relationship with Hashem is the Torah, which is a historical phenomena. Even if you don't believe it happened, it still goes under the category of a historical claim. The claim is that certain things happened in history where God related to humanity. That's why, incidentally, Talmud Torah is so central, is because you can know a lot about a person through his creations or his things that he does in the world, but if you ask him questions and he describes you or describes to you where he's coming from or who he is, you know far more about him. Hence, Yediyah Hashem is based primarily on our understanding of Talmud Torah. But putting that to one side, the invisible nature of God is, well, threatens to move it to the back of our mind, and thereby what we see in the world and what we desire in the world will take front and center stage. The point of the sitzitz is to draw our minds back to that which we cannot see. It draws our mind to the invisible and the present. And both these relate to those two principles I just mentioned. It relates us to the present, because it's in the here and now. The sitzits are in front of us, and it re re reveals to us the invisible, because sitzits, by the very word tzitzit, is to reveal. Something springs forth from a garment. What springs forth from a garment? It's not a decoration. It requires investigation. Why are these things here? And they draw your mind to that which you cannot see, and it draws your mind back to the past. So that's the purpose of sitzits at its most fundamental level. It reminds you of God. It reminds you to have God at the forefront of your mind. But let's develop it a little bit further. Some, I suppose you could say, the more symbolic aspects of the sitzits and how they play themselves out. Well, obviously you have the four corners. That's that's obvious, the four corners of the world, the idea that it, you are surrounded by your sitzits. But also the nature of clothes themselves. Clothes for a Jew aren't just a, a means of protection, but they are also a moral message. From a theo-historical standpoint, our understanding of how clothes came about, it wasn't utilitarian, it was based off the sin in the Garden of Eden. Now this is important because it not only distinguishes us from animals, once humanity gave in to, let's call it, their more base instincts, they needed to be reminded of the distinction between them and animals. And by the way, this is something we experience in our daily lives. The first emergence of difference between you and an animal is that you are clothed. But more than that, it reminds us of our moral responsibility. For a Jew, our ability to sin isn't like perhaps within Christianity is a symbol of our, our failure, of our, of our brokenness. For a Jew, our ability to sin is also a reminder of the power to overcome sin. So clothes aren't just a reminder of how we are distinguished from the animal kingdom, but it's also a reminder of the moral power we have within. 
punishment or sending out of the Garden of Eden, that very earliest story in the Bible, is a moral message of significance because it tells us that we have the power to overcome. Responsibility and punishment only make sense in a context of your ability to choose. So clothes themselves play an important symbolic role in a Jew's outlook. But let's delve into the sitzits themselves further. Rav Hirsch's understanding, well, clearly you have seven strings, and then you have the eighth of blue. Now, this is always reminiscent of the seven days of creation, the, the natural world. You have six days, which is always the most natural. Shabbos is the seventh, which represents transcendence, meaning. And then there is the eighth, the uniquely Jewish role. Sky blue, which once again reminds us of that which we cannot see and reminds us of the Almighty. So the numbering of the strings are also significant. But the, I think you could say the place that I think Rav Hirsch is truly revolutionary in his understanding of tzitzitz is not only this, does this remind us of Hashem, of the Torah, but our interaction or our relationship with the Torah from our own point of view is also brought out here. Now there's a key idea that Judaism often oscillates between two points, the idea of obligation and the idea of creativity. And this is very much coming about in the parasha that we're learning this week. Truma, every object of the Mishkan for Rav Hirsch, plays a powerful symbolic role in changing our outlook and developing us into a certain type of person. The relationship between the gold standard of absolute and wood, which is growth-orientated. And these are often in tension with one another. But for the Sitsits, we have an interesting demonstration of this. There are knots. Knots represent constraint, represent boundaries, but there's also strings that hang free. For Rav Hirsch, he understands that one-third is knotted up, but two-thirds hang free. And for him, this is an important message of the relationship that a Jew has with structure. And it's one that's, again, the beauty of these ideas is they're universal. Nature. Structure, you require structure for freedom. Creativity requires a framework. Without a framework, creativity has nowhere to go. You can only fill a void or fill a, 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 you can't fill an infinite space, but you can fill a framework. The Torah gives us a framework and that allows twice as much creative expression. Within the framework, the freedom that we are able to experience from being within a framework of meaning allows us to approach the world with a confidence. It's like when a person asks me a question like, is religion, is there a strict, restrictive nature to religion? Of course there is. Of course there's a restrictive nature to religion, but there's a restrictive nature to any aspect of being. I know that sounds really abstract, but think about it. For, for, for existence to take place, you need boundaries. For anything to take place of substance, you need boundaries. And if you don't respect those boundaries, you lose out on what the, 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 the program, the, uh, the, the, the meaning is offering you. You stay within a framework. A society is a framework. And only within a society can you be free. Can you express yourself? Not freedom in the childish two-year-old sense to do whatever you want on a whim, but freedom in the expansive sense of the word. Freedom today, freedom tomorrow, freedom for my community, freedom for my nation. That is the freedom the Torah is trying to express, to give on to us. Freedom in the most real sense of the word. That we have a framework, but it's not just any arbitrary framework. For a Jew, it's a reflection of Hashem, who we consider the highest good. So this framework that we 
immerse ourselves in allows for two times the creative expression. And that's the sittits for Rav Hirsch. So we spoke about sittits on a fundamental level, the invisible, the historical, bringing it into the present and into the visible, the nature of clothes and their symbolic significance for the Jewish people and the world. But then we delve deeper into the sittits themselves, the strings themselves, and how we have the sixth, seven, and eighth, eighth representing the bris, the, the step above the natural, the step above the what is expected of humanity. And lastly, we spoke about the one-third bound, two-third of creative expression, two-third of freedom. And that is a symbol of the Torah for us. So, hope you enjoyed. Next week, we are going to delve into the mezuzah from Rav Hirsch's standpoint in Kharev. Have a lovely week.